Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Believe in Clemson football with LeVon Kirkland. Welcome into our Saturday edition of Believing Clemson Football with LeVon Kirkland. I'm Will Vandervoort. LeVon on the other end here. Man, uh, one week is will be complete after today, LeVon, of our uh, podcast. Been pretty cool uh, going daily now. And, um, and and it happens to be, you know, fall camp has started and we're, we're, we got football to talk about. We got the Georgia game to look forward to. And uh, it's been a pretty cool first week, don't you think? Oh, yeah, no question about it. Uh, it has been a week of a lot of knowledge and stories and just us being us. And I like that combination. I, I think we do a tremendous job of uh, really telling you about Clemson football, about college football, and really giving you a perspective that you may not get from another, uh, another show. So, yeah, I'm really enjoying it. Man, I, I got to ask you, you know, they had the uh, the Dallas and uh, Pittsburgh game on the other night and for the Hall of Fame game, it was an exhibition game, so it is what it is. Um, but the one thing I'll take from watching it, man, I wanted to ask you about it. How great was it to see, you know, the forty five or 50,000 people that were there and it was – it just – I, you know, I know every sport loves to have the fans, but football really needs fans more than any sport, in my opinion. How great was it to have the fans back and just to see all the black and gold out there and even the, the little Dallas fans that were there? Right. Well, yeah, I think football definitely really is that game that really needs that fan base there. Not only does it give the energy to the football players, but it also fills up the venue. Mm-hmm. So, and football is meant to be played in a big venue with a lot of fans and a lot of passion. So, yeah, it was great seeing it that way. Last year was just something that was really hard to get used to. You know, no fans being there, uh, no fan noise. And that really makes a difference in football. It's the fans. You know, you talk about the 12th man. You talk about uh, the excitement of college football. And it's all because of fans. And I think football really depends on that fan base, not only being there, but being involved in the game. And, you know, you see where a quarterback has to quiet a crowd down. Or you see on the defensive side, is at a home game, you're lifting the fans up. So, yeah, it was really good to see. Yeah, and it's it. I usually don't watch – uh, the, I'll watch the main parts. Like I want to see certain guys. And once I see them, I'll sure. stop watching the preseason game. But because the fans were there, it just felt different again. And I just liked it. And I said, you know, I watched the whole game start mm-hmm. to finish. And, and it really the only reason was because there was energy in the stadium. And, and, and also they were doing interviews with, you know, they were interviewing Donnie Shell and Drew Pearson and, right. you know, yeah. and all the, and coach Cower and all those guys, which was pretty cool to watch those, to see those guys speak too. Um, so that was part of it as well. But it was it was just cool to, you know, see the fans there, feel the energy, and it got me thinking, man, when Georgia Clemson open up the season here in a few weeks, man, four Saturdays from today, by the way, um, it's, you know, there's going to be 75,000 people there. It's going to be half the stadium's going to be orange, half the stadium's going to be red and silver, or whatever, red and black, and it's, 
it's going to be awesome, man. I just, I, I really realized watching that game of the night, and I meant to talk to you about it yesterday. I missed the fans. I really did miss the fans. Oh, yeah. I, I think that it adds more to the game. And I think we got, to, we got so accustomed of seeing the fan base at games that we didn't realize how important the fan base is. You know, whether you're rooting for the, the home team or the away team, I think we just really took advantage of it. And just like, oh, okay, fans, blah, blah, blah. And then last year, when it was really no fans there, or a very small percentage of fans being in the stadium, and we realized, like, gosh, man, we really, really kind of miss the fan base being there. And I think about the NBA. I think really no fans being in the NBA kind of worked a little bit more so than what football could do. Mm -hmm. Because I think players, you know, from the AAU days or whatever, kind of used to kind of empty gyms or whatever the case may be. But I think football on the pro level or the college level, it was it was kind of weird. I mean, you can kind of hear the things that you normally couldn't hear. You can hear on the football field now, you know, with right. no fans there. You can hear the guys shouting out signals, the guys shouting out uh, formations and what play is going to be run. Yeah, I think that for the Clemson and Georgia game, those fan bases, as passionate as they are, it's going to light that stadium up. It's going to be probably better than what they had in a very – very long time mm -hmm. great matchup i'm i'm really looking forward to it i'm looking forward to it so much i'm actually going to be there at that game so that's different for me because normally you know me will i would probably sit at home and watch the game so i can analyze it a little bit but mm -hmm. uh this time i'll be at the game hopefully kennedy will be with me and we can have a fun experience Man, I, I hope so, too. That'll be awesome, man. Um, yeah, you know, it's so funny you said that because I totally agree with what you said about the experience is a little different for football players because even in high school, right, you're playing in front of sometimes five, six, ten thousand, fifteen thousand 15,000 fans in high school. Basketball, high school basketball, you don't play. Maybe if you're lucky, you play in front of a 1,000 if you're lucky on a, in a big game. Other than that, it's like you're, in a, you're usually a couple hundred people or so in the gym, and that's about it. So you're used to it. In basketball and baseball, there's nobody at baseball games right. in high school and stuff like that, um, and even at some colleges. So foot, football has, no matter where you're at, it's always got a lot of people watching it because, like you said, it's made to be played in front of a lot of people. And so it is, of all the sports, to me, you know, maybe soccer, you know, over uh, overseas and stuff like that, it's the same way. Um, those sports are made to be played in front of a lot of people in, in a big stadium, a big arena, and when you've got an empty arena for those kind of games, it's just – it's not the same. And I think, you know, that was, just a, that was just a little taste the other night of it. It really was. It yeah, was, it's scary. Yeah, yeah it's, it's glad – I'm glad to see football back in its full form. I'm, even – you, you know it's bad in a preseason game where you're looking forward to the preseason game because <laughs> you're right. Preseason games, they're kind of tough to watch sometimes. I they mean, are. Because, you know, well, we know – you know, Ben didn't play yesterday. Dak didn't play yesterday. Mm -hmm. And you're getting guys in a lot of ways that are just trying to prove themselves. The the proven guys, the guys who are going to be there, they may play a few snaps. But it's really the guys that are really fighting for their jobs. And a lot of times, <laughs> you don't really know all those guys. And it really probably doesn't matter that you don't know them because a lot of times they may not be there. But, you know, yesterday, I think, it's going to be a session. I think really the whole preseason in NFL, you're going to see the the stadium just really light up. You and you're going to see more people interested in the preseason. Mm -hmm. And then when the season comes along, it's going to be ridiculous. It's going to, it's going to be sick, man. Yeah. It's it's going to be sick. I'm looking so forward to it. I, I can't wait for Clemson, Georgia, and what that atmosphere is going to be like, man. Even the Friday night before, I think it's going to be a pretty stoked atmosphere. So it's great that you would. Kennedy may get that opportunity to go and, and, and be in the stands. I'll be in the press box. Not the same because especially it's not like Death Valley where it's an open state seat press box. So, we're mm -hmm. you know, I'll have to hear it from a glass behind a glass window, but it'll still be cool. Um, 
Speaking of things to talk about um, in this segment, we're going to, in this show, we're going to talk a, uh, a lot about Clemson football, obviously, with camp starting up yesterday and going to have an interview with Dabo Sweeney and a couple of players. So that, that'll be on here. Uh, we're also um, going to talk about the weigh ins, um, kind of get LeVon thoughts on some of the guys and how they weighed in before the start of camp. And, you know, the, the numbers came out, and we'll get into that a little bit. Uh, we'll also ask LeVon his favorite tale from um, his experiences at Clemson. Now, the ones he can share, uh, that, that, that's the key here. He's got to – Yeah, that is the key, the ones the, I can share. The, the ones you can share. And then we'll talk about uh, something that's going on at Georgia, and we'll get into this a little bit later, but Georgia media is not allowed anywhere near the Georgia Bulldog football team. Um, and, I'll, and I'll explain what that means and what, what, what I'm talking about a little bit later. But So that's what we got on tap today. But before we do all that, let's, uh, let's, uh, let's give a shout-out to our sponsor and – uh, we talked a lot about the Georgia-Clemson game already, and we're going to talk more about it. And uh, right now, Georgia is a three-and-a-half-point favorite. So if you're looking to maybe cash in on that, maybe, you know, get a little side money, uh, you know, after the weekend, you know, you can go bet on that and bet on the line. You can bet on, you know, the points. You can bet on a lot of other things that that, that deal with that game or any other games uh, to start of the college football season. So if you're into sports betting, bet online is where you should go to win money today, whether it's live bets during games or futures for who you think will win the championship bet online has all the odds news and information for all your online sports betting needs so visit the website today or use your mobile device to join and receive your 50 percent welcome bonus on your first deposit so before the next big game head on over to betonline.ag and start playing today bet online your online sports book experts all right levon there's um the, you know, I don't know if it was this way when you guys were playing. Did, did people get into you guys checking in on weight day? I mean, did, did anybody, like, get excited about it? No, not at all. Uh, <laughs> we did have a weigh in, of course. And normally how it went was, you know, you weighed in, the, you know, the day you report. And then every day in training, you kind of wait. Uh, before practice, after practice, just to kind of see where you're at. But to get excited about it, no. Especially if you're kind of a big guy. If you're a guy that's a defense alignment or offense alignment, this is probably the worst day of your life. You know, especially if you're not in great shape and you just had that chocolate cake that your mom just made. It, it wasn't the best day of your life. So basically before way and you're saying, Mom, don't make – I'm going to have a salad tonight. I'm going to have this or whatever. But whatever you do, don't feed me pork chops. Um, don't give me gravy and, and mashed potatoes. Yeah. Don't give me cornbread. And please, whatever you do, don't make a chocolate cake for me. Yes, yeah. Well, you know, you know, some guys would treat it like, you know, a guy who's trying to make weight at, the, at a boxing match. He's trying to make weight. So you, <laughs> you go put it on your suit and you go run for a couple of hours. And then, you know, you try to weigh in. But no, do they have something now where guys get excited? Uh, is that more of a thing now that people weigh in? It's a big deal. Mm -hmm. Yes. For the fans, it's a huge deal. I don't know why. Wow. I don't know how it started. But it's like teams all over the country, like they video it. They like put out all the weights and stuff like that. Clemson is one of those programs where the Clemson fans just love it and i you know hey maybe a clemson fan could write in and explain to us why they love it i'll be interested to hear i've never understood it i'm unfortunately i have to report it and so you know that's the way it goes so um but yeah so, so interesting wait so bet, like can you bet on weight can can you bet on weight yeah um, like you know like can we say like oh this guy's gonna weigh this much is there betting lines you know I bet I don't know. I don't know personally, but I wouldn't be surprised. So maybe people could go over to betonline.ag and find out, right? I mean, yeah. I mean, if you're into that, maybe you you can do it. But I got some numbers here, Levon, that I just want to throw out, and you tell me what you think when I when I tell you these sure. numbers. Like Clemson wide receiver Joe Joe, he was already a big guy, right? We we knew that. Mm -hmm. Well, he weighed in or checked in yesterday at 6'3", 224 pounds. He gained nine pounds since spring. I mean, that's that's unbelievable. Uh, Clemson tight end Davis Allen 
He's uh, he checked in the same weight as he was in the spring, 6'6, 250, which is good because I don't think he needed to get really any bigger. Yeah, right. You know, I think he's about where he needs to be. Uh, let's look and see if we see some other guys that are maybe people would be interested in. Um, let's see. Uh, let's see as we scroll through here, just looking to see some that all right, Dakari Collins, the freshman wide receiver. Um, he came to Clemson. Let me see this looking at the spring. Depth chart. Uh, Dakari came to Clemson. Wayne. He's 6'5, 200 pounds, right? Okay. He, okay. He checked in yesterday at 6'5, 216 pounds. Wow. He gained 16 pounds in the last three months. That's just that's crazy. That's a lot of weight. That, that's, a, that's a lot of weight. Uh, Tyler Davis, um, a guy, defensive tackle. He looked like he dropped some weight here. Let me see. Tyler, yeah, Tyler dropped a couple pounds. He went from 300 to 298, so. Oh, that's going to be good weight for him, though. That's, that's going to be good weight because you figure with, you know, with camp, he's probably going to get about 295 or so. Yeah, and exactly. then And then he'll probably put back on five pounds, so he'll be right at 300 probably most of the season playing. That's pretty good weight for him. And that's something people need to understand when these weigh-ins. You need to look at, like, a guy like Tyler Davis – that's a good weigh-in for him because he's going to lose a lot during camp, but he'll gain it back during the season because right. they're not going to be out there doing this kind of sweating and work once mm-hmm. the season gets going. Right, LeVon? Right, of course. Uh, and, you know, weight kind of fluctuates. Uh, depends on the time you even get on a scale. So it's going to be kind of up and down. But I think that's a good starting weight for him, especially if, you know, 300 pounds, especially a guy for his statue may give him a little bit of issues. I think this weight will be really good for him. And honestly, the the better shape you're in, the more energy you have. And he's kind of an energy guy. So I think that works. I really do. So that's that's good on his part. Now, the Collins kid who gained 15 pounds, I don't really know what he looks like. So I can't really put it in perspective. But, you know, a lot of times that may help him. So you have to kind of look at each individual and see, you know, how the weight works for them. And, you know, I'm an expert at that, you know, being that in Pittsburgh, being a bigger linebacker. And it just really worked for me in a lot of ways. So every athlete is different. Yeah, exactly. Just like each individual of us are different, right? I mean, you right. know, 10 pounds looks different on me than it does you. It's, it's just yeah, going exactly, to, exactly. You know, so um, this one kind of stood out to me a little bit. Justin Foster, who weighed 260 pounds last year um, um, before COVID hit. And so he, he ended up checking in at 270. So he's about 10 pounds more, which I'm still okay with that because when I saw him at the facility last week, LeVon, he looked good. It ain't like it's a big 270 on him. You know what I'm saying? I mean, he looked right. good. So, um, I'm interested to see how he comes out, and, and and especially since he's coming off a year where he didn't play because of COVID at all. Um, tight end Braden Galloway gained four pounds. He's still not where the coaches really want him. He's at 244. Coaches would love to see him around 250. Um, he's probably going to end up playing around 240 when the season when the season gets right. going. Um, so, you know, I'm sure they probably would have liked to have seen a few more pounds on him. But, hey, they'll, they'll make it work somehow. Um, defensive end K.J. Henry – he checks in at 265, and let's see where KJ was at. KJ gained 10 pounds. That's big for KJ. Um, well, that's good for KJ, I think. Yeah. You know, um, I think it gives him a chance to maybe play the run a little bit, be a little stronger. And also, I don't think it's going to take anything away from his past rushing skills. It may even give him advantage when you're going against those kind of tackles. So well, that's kind of good to see. Yeah, it is. Uh, Jaden Lay, the tight end. Um, for, for Clemson, uh, the coaches wanted him to lose a little bit. He was at 270 pounds. He's 6'6", mm-hmm. 270 in the spring. He dropped nine pounds. He's down to 261. Coaches are really pleased about that. That's kind of what they wanted to see him get to about 260, uh, 255, 260 range. So I think they're pretty, pretty uh, happy to see him right there where he needs to be. And that they think he might be a guy that can help them this year, especially he's gotten better in run blocking. So we might see him on the field a little bit more this year than we have the last couple of years, Tristan Lee, the uh, five-star offensive tackle, he checked in at 315 pounds. And we don't know where he was at coming out of high school, right. um, but but that's pretty good weight for a guy coming out of high school 
uh, to check in at. So that's a good weight there for the for the young offensive tackle who they think could probably help them this year. Uh, so we'll see how he does. Ryan Lithicum, the five-star uh, center, let's see, he checked in in the spring at 6'4", 280. They wanted to see him gain a little bit more weight. Guess what, LeVon? Mm-hmm. He gained 19 pounds. He's at Jeez, 299. That's a little bit more weight. Yes. <laughs> so, Asking you shall receive. Yeah. Can you imagine yeah. what, how many calories he was having to take in the last three months? Uh, it probably it probably jumped for four thousand calories. Oh, clear, easy, I can right? Imagine. Oh, yeah. I can, I can, twenty to gain twenty pounds that fast, and they do it in a healthy way at Clemson. So let's. It's not like they're saying go home and eat a bunch of Oreo cookies and and stuff like that. You know, mm-hmm. they're having to eat healthy and put on the weight and build it Ooh. with muscle. So it's a different. Right. It's a different weight gain than what I would gain. It's not the fried chicken diet or the seafood diet, you know, seafood, eat food. So, yeah, it, and, you know, that's the biggest difference that you see now um, in programs that the nutritional part of it is so much better than what it was. And that plays a, that plays a big factor. Absolutely. And, and, I mean, I think it's a great thing. And really, you kind of have to keep on top of it. You know, what's what's good for the body, what fuels the body, you know, what time to eat. That's big because back then, I mean, like back in my day, we had no clue. I mean, we just we basically (laughs) if you were making weight, you just kind of eat whatever you wanted to eat. It didn't matter. You know, so (laughs) that's right. So I I think it's a good thing now that these guys are aware and they're, you know, they're educated what they eat. And these guys train pretty well, pretty well. So. Yeah, but I, I never would imagine getting excited about weigh-in day. <laughs> Me never at all. Um, Phil Moffa, this is going to tell you how they're going to use this young man this year. He gained seven pounds at the running back, the freshman running right. back. Gained seven pounds. He weighed in from he went from two fifteen and he weighed in at two twenty two um, uh, on Thursday. That's uh, that's pretty impressive. He's uh, um, obviously they're making a point there. They want to use him as a big, you know straight ahead goal line short yardage kind of back right yeah man we need that first down we need that second we need that third and one yep. yeah that's exactly what that's going to be let's see who else we got here uh tackle jordan mcfadden he checked in at 310 pounds let's see where jordan was before um before he checked in jordan was at 300 pounds so he gained uh about what 15 pounds 10 pounds there yeah 10 pounds yeah, that's pretty good. Pretty solid on him. That's yeah. not going to really throw him off that much. No, I, I think, think so. you always worry about guys who lose a tremendous amount of weight or guys who gain a significant amount of weight. Exactly. And here's a guy who it's going to be interesting. He still stayed right where he's at. He gained four pounds. He checked in at six foot three, 225 pounds, 224 pounds. That's Joseph Nagata, the wide receiver. So, again, Ooh. another. 220 plus pound wide receiver for Clemson. These guys are unbelievable how big these wide receivers are. They're unbelievable. They're they're basketball players in a lot of ways. Mm-hmm. And you know, for DB seem to be, you know, they're shorter normally, not as big. I can't imagine going against a guy that's strong, that strong, that big, that tall. It's a tough. Tough matchup for cornerbacks, I think. It, re- it really is. The, the receivers that are coming in because it's like they're basketball players now. It's, it's rare to see a guy <laughs> that's under six feet anymore. You know, back in the day, it was like, I mean, most wide receivers were 5'11 to on down. Mm-hmm. But now, you, you know, normally these guys are 6'4", 6'5". I mean, it's, it's – Quite ridiculous, actually. Yeah, you know, our, our good friend of ours, Henry Guess, who works Clemson Video and played uh, – I think, you know, he played – he played on the 91 team with you, right? Yeah, he was one, he was one of my teammates, yeah. Yeah, and so Henry um, Henry was 6'4", you know, like 200 pounds or so. When he came in, he was big, like for he a wide big, receiver. Yes. Yeah. You know, when he came in. But he was – in your day, that was – he was not the norm, right? No, not at all. <laughs> not at all. You know, we had guys like Terry Smith, Larry Ryan's guys like that, um, Dougie. So our guys were a little shorter. Uh, the tallest guy we had back in the day was probably Gary Cooper, mm-hmm. was the one guy who was a, a pretty tall guy. Uh, 
Keith Jennings was a big guy, but Keith was more, to me, Keith was more of a tight end than a, a wide receiver. But, yeah, the, the body types have definitely changed over the years. They have. Um, running back, uh, Kobe Pace was 215 in the spring. He dropped 211. Uh, so, you see the coaches wanted him to lose a little there, maybe get him a little faster. Tells me that you're probably going to see him play more than maybe they originally thought they were going to use him. Um, right. But then that's uh, that's, them, that's me telling – him checking in that way tells me that he's uh, – they want to see him on the field a little bit more, maybe a little bit faster. Um, right. And so, that that's kind of what that tells me there. Uh, Tyson Pupachan, the uh, backup quarterback who is um, – coming off a torn Achilles injury. Don't know how often we'll see him during camp. Um, he gained seven pounds. Um, I'm sure that's probably because of the injury. He's at yeah. 227 pounds, though. So, DJ Uyungle, by the way, he lost three pounds. He checked in at 247 pounds. And then your wow. backup quarterback, hopefully Clemson can get him back fast enough, he's at 227 pounds. Those are some pretty big boys, aren't they? They're huge. <laughs> at, at, at that size, I mean, that young, I mean, that's that's a big boy. I mean, that's a, you know, when you're talking about him running, that is a business decision for DBs and linebackers. I mean, he's, that's a big dude at quarterback. And no question big, about it. There's a big, that's a big, and um, that is big for quarterbacks. Both of them are. And, and that's the way you can use them in the offense because they're that big. So uh, once you get, Pupachon back, you feel probably comfortable, more comfortable running um, the offense the way they want to run it, which which we believe is going to be a lot of quarterback power. Let's just be honest. I think that's what mm -hmm. you're going to see, and you got two big quarterbacks to be able to do that. Um, yeah. Will Shipley, yeah, they are. Will Shipley checked in, uh, the five-star freshman running back. He checked in. He he gained three pounds from the spring. He's at 203 pounds, so he's right about where he needs to be, I think. And yeah. Will's a good. He's a guy. If you haven't seen him, Levon, he's. He's just got that – he looks like a running back. You know what I mean? That look, he's got yeah. that – those big, huge legs, you know, and then his upper torso is, like, impressive as well, but it's not, like, gigantic. Um, but his legs are, like, bigger than mine and your head's put together, right? You know what I'm saying? Right. And so, you know, a lot of times you don't really want – especially with a running back, you don't want him too stiff um, in the upper body. You know, you, you like the big legs because normally that means they got great levers and they got great sense of gravity. Mm -hmm. But you never really want them to be really just hugely big upper body because that normally means that a guy is kind of a stiff. And, you know, you have to move in the fullback. So the big legs, I like. The muscular body, I like. And I'm, I'm really excited to see what he could do. I've heard a lot of talk about him. Haven't really seen him play that much. I probably need to go back and watch some film of him. But I'm looking forward to seeing what he brings to the table because, you know, they've been talking great about him. And yeah. if he can bring to the table what we think he can bring to the table, uh, that'll be huge for the Clemson Tigers. Absolutely. And then we'll, we'll get through here real fast. Uh, the linebackers for Clemson. This, this one's going to surprise you. Trent Simpson gained 10 pounds. He went from 225 to 235. Are Whoa. you okay with your, 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 your nickel slash Sam linebacker being 235 pounds? Is that good for you, you think? Mm, I don't know. That kind, of, that kind of, from his body frame last year, I mean, I would have kind of liked for him to stay within five pounds of that. Okay. So you're thinking but more like 230. I'm thinking more 230, more so 225. I mean, mm -hmm. you're talking about being able to move. So yeah. him, hopefully it's good weight. You know, like I said, I haven't seen these guys. I haven't seen them move around. And some guys carry weight differently. But for him to jump that much, it, it seems like a lot for me. That's just that's just me speaking, though. Um, uh, Bale Inspector, by the way, he's up nine pounds. He went from 230 to 239. And middle linebacker James Skowski, um, let's see, Skowski went from – he actually dropped a pound. He went to 240. So, he's 239. Spector went up a little bit playing the weak side backer. Um, interesting to see because, again, that's another one. I think 230, 235 is probably good there. Um, yeah. Um, as long so, as they can move, that's all you worry about. Is can they move with it? And they can move with it, and you're fine with it. But exactly. But it, 
when it kind of when it kind of stops your movement, you're not as good. No, that's um, a concern. That's a concern. And then the last one, seven, Tyler Venables, who's also going to play that nickelback position, and the coaches really love this kid. Um, I mean, if you watched him in the spring game, you'll understand why. Um, but Tyler Venables went from 200 pounds to 207. He's 5'11". Uh, they really like him to play maybe that kind of free safety um, yeah. that, 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 and then play that nickel spot as well. You're going to see a lot of Tyler Venables, number 12, um, I think this season – um, because they just really like the way that young man plays the game, and you I like know, Tyler um, too. Yeah, you know he's he 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 played a little bit last year, and people got to see him. But he's going to play a lot more, I think, this year um, than he did last year. They 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 really like him in those spots. So that's kind of the the main ones I, I can think of. Um, I'm sure I missed some guys. Brandon Spector, mm-hmm. he he dropped ten pounds by the way, the wide receiver in the slot. I think that's good for him. Uh, to be there. He went from 200 to 190. So, you know, uh, yeah, it was pretty interesting, you know, and the good thing is, LeVon, we got to talk to Coach Sweeney about that, and that was part of the conversation um, when we, uh, when the media met with him um, on the first day of practice. So, uh, here's Coach Sweeney. Here's his thoughts on getting started with practice and a lot of other things, the Justin Ross update and all those good things. Uh, so, here's uh, Dabo Sweeney on all those updates. All right. How's, how's everybody doing? Good. good. Ready ready to go? All right. Uh, Just just first of all, excited uh, that we're finally here, finally getting uh, going, excited that everybody's together and uh, and we can kind of get off to a a normal start. This is my 40th football season. So started playing in the fifth grade and uh, played eight years and then played five years there in college. And, and, uh, you know, uh, it's, it's crazy. In 13 years, at Alabama, it's my 19th year at Clemson, uh, my 13th as the, as the head coach. And the one thing I can tell you, uh, for me, that it never gets old. Like, there's so much to get to this point and so much to kind of get going, but it absolutely never gets old. I love every, every aspect of it, uh, even the crappy stuff that you have to do to, to, to get to this point, to, to get ready to, to go play football and coach football. I, I love it. Uh, I'm really proud of our guys. It's been an incredible uh, offseason. I think we, you know, you, and you say, well, how do you compare that? Well, we have a lot of quantitative data, you know, as far as how we can compare uh, teams and, and where we are from a uh, maturity standpoint, you know, just like we have with our season stuff. But, you know, where are we in the weight room? Where are we with our conditioning? Where are we with our leadership? Where are we with our chemistry? There's a lot of things that go into that in the summer. In the summer, that's why we call it the transformation phase. That's where I think teams make their biggest uh, uh, leaps, you know, during, during this time. You know, when the stands are empty and they're here and all the guys see each other. And, uh, this group did an amazing job this year. I think we uh, – uh, I don't have the exact numbers, but we had – a record number of PRs, uh, personal records as far as things that happen in the, in the weight rooms. Uh, you know, this team quantitatively is ahead of several teams uh, that we've had in the past in, in, in some of our, our measurables. Uh, so I'm just really proud. I'm proud of the leadership and, and so forth. Uh, and really a focused team. Uh, we, we did have obviously one incredibly uh, uh, unfortunate situation with, with Fred Davis last month, and that that's uh, – uh, obviously, everybody everybody knows about that, and uh, you know. But I'm I'm first of all thankful, thankful to the good Lord, and I'm thankful to all those people that the responders uh, that were on the scene there. That what was an incredibly uh, serious situation didn't become tragic, uh, and uh, so I'm really thankful, you know, again to the good Lord and all the people who who were there. Uh, and as far as Fred goes, uh, this is not of his character. I'm just incredibly disappointed in his decision making. It's just that simple. I mean, uh, and uh, just poor decision. Uh, and uh, you know, he will—he's going to deal with lots of consequences uh, for that. You know, certainly we've got policies in place from the university standpoint when it comes to misdemeanor charges and things like that 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 will handle his 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 discipline from an internal standpoint. Um, but he'll have consequences from this for a long, long, long time. Uh, and, uh, you know, again, uh, that's, that comes with, with, you know, there's consequences for our decisions. Uh, so it's not something that, 
that uh, is prolonged. He's, he's had immediate consequences from the moment th that this happened, and and uh, his team discipline uh, has already started and will continue today. So uh, I'm not going to really say anything else about, about Fred, but I do want to uh, talk about uh, some positive things, and, and that's our, our uh, injury report. Uh, first and foremost, uh, Justin Ross has been cleared uh, to, uh, to play football. It's been uh, 18 months that this young man has been uh, – it's been unbelievable watching his journey. 18 months uh, to get to this point, and uh, – just incredibly thankful for amazing doctors that he's had, uh, but he's, he, he put the work in. And, uh, you know, but uh, his, his doctor has cleared him to return, and, and uh, you know, we've got, we've got some final paperwork that we've got to have done uh, uh, by Monday. Uh, but, but unfortunately, uh, on, on, a, on another note, uh, I hate that you aren't going to get to see him practice today uh, because he's in COVID protocol. So, uh, but he, he's, uh, he's waited 18 months to get to this point. Um, I, I think he will actually be able to uh, get, rejoin us next Friday uh, just in time to go to the reserve and hang out on the lake. So, uh, uh, and, and obviously we, he won't, we, won't, we won't scrimmage him next Saturday. But he's in great shape. He's had an awesome summer. It's not like these guys just show up here. I mean, he's been grinding all summer, skills and drills and all that stuff. But just really, again, thankful um, that he's got the opportunity to, to return um, and, and do something that he loves. Uh, Y'all, I think, all know about Taekwon uh, with his right peck. Uh, so he's going to be out, uh, you know, for that'll be a, a long term injury there. Uh, super excited about Tyson Pumachan, and uh, I think y'all will be too when y'all see him today. Uh, I mean, he, he's, he is another. Just miracle, to be honest with you. It's just amazing how uh, he has responded, you know, to the treatment. And again, everybody's different. First of all, it's, it's, you know, I mean, we all respond differently to rehab and things like that. But then the type of work that he's put in, the type of sacrifice and, and discipline that he's applied to his training uh, and recovery has been amazing. But uh, he he looks great, and uh, he's been cleared to do certain aspects of practice as well. And, and uh, again, I, all I can tell you is I don't have a date or anything. I just say he's going to be back sooner than later. And, uh, you know, what went from a, you know, immediate, like, horrible mindset uh, in the spring uh, to as the summer came along, it's like, wow. You know, so I'm excited that he will have an opportunity to be back. Uh, DeMonte Capehart had to have a little uh, little, little scope, but it was everything was good. They didn't have to repair anything. Uh, so he's, he's, he's on the fast track to get back going, but he'll be out in the immediate uh, from a practice standpoint. But he is, you know, he is on a fast track to be back uh, sooner uh, than later. Uh, Banks Pope is a, is a preferred walk-on guy coming in here as a tight end. Uh, he's he's you know, tore his ACL uh, back before he got here, so he's just here. You know, we got him as a part of the rehab part of camp, so he's just rehabbing. Uh, and, uh, you know, the other one is Brandon uh, Spector. He, he's, he's a lot better, too, from where y'all may or may not remember from the spring. We had to kind of hold him and limit him. Uh, but he is a lot better uh, than he was, but he's still uh, kind of in the COVID protocol, if you will, uh, and not, not fully cleared. Uh, so he, he probably will not participate in camp. Uh, but you know, again, uh, when they tell us he's he's good to go full speed, and then we'll be we'll be glad to get him back. But other than those guys, uh, you know, we're in a good shape from an injury standpoint. The team's ready to go, and uh, you know, excited to uh, get back to practice. All right, that's uh, Clemson head coach Dabo Sweeney as he uh, kind of talks to us about uh, what's going on and what he expects for fall camp here. Um, you know, uh, we're also going to have a few players here a little bit later in the, in the show that they will also talk about what the first day of practice was like um, as they get going and they, and, and they, they practice again today on Saturday here and they practice again um, starting back on Monday. They'll get back at it uh, about um, counting. It's right around where it's supposed to be. I think 29, 28 game practices is what the NCAA allows and Clemson will be right at that, right at that limit, that limit um, as they go. They don't usually use all of it. Dabo, Unlike most coaches, Dabo uses gives his teams a lot of day offs. He really does. 
Um, really? Yeah, he he gives them Sundays off. They get every Sunday off during camp. Right. Yeah, and and then during the thing he'll do a special project like you'll have like, and he surprises them with it. They think they're going to go to practice, and then he like does something different, and they don't practice that day. And I think he does a lot of it a because he knows it's going to be a long season. You rest your players. He knows how to do it. And then B, I think it's because he knows it helps morale, right? I mean, oh, no question. Yeah, nothing, nothing helps morale better when you think you got to go to practice. And then coach says, guess what? We're not going to Yes. <laughs> now, Danny Ford did nothing like that, but Bill Cowher was famous for doing that. Really? Yes, he was. So you're thinking you're about to go grind it out and – you see some yellow buses and you go into a movie. You've never seen so many grown men so happy in their <laughs> lives. <laughs> he did a good job of doing that. You know, back in the day, man, guys would just grind you to death. But, you you know, you, you need a little break. You need a little, you know, you need to do something a little different. And I think that's usually a very good coaching tactic. Do something a little different. Let those guys have a little fun. And, you know, a lot of times it can be a, something that you can bond over to. You can get to know each other a little bit better. Uh, you, sometimes you just need a break. I mean, I know some people think you're supposed to grind it out all the time. I, I just don't always agree with that. No, and, and I agree with you, too, on that. And, you know, but like you said, Coach Ford, he wasn't – he was the grind it out all the time kind of guy. Um, and you, you've told me some stories – about fall camp with coach Ford. And, um, mm-hmm. I'd love to hear, man, what is your best camp story? It don't have to be just about coach Ford, but your best camp story at Clemson where, you know, you and when your teammates get together, you, you guys always bring up that story. Okay. Well, I think the one thing that we always would bring up is coach Ford would start practice over. So, Back then, they would do, like, five-minute periods. So, period one, period two, so on and so on. So, a lot of times, we would get to all the way to, like, period 20. And something kind of just really ticked him off. And he would be like, Fred, start it over. So, we had to go all the way back to the locker room. Then come back out. <sighs> Those were some tough days. I remember also one time we were doing a scrimmage and the starting offense went the entire time. Defense was rolling in and out, but the offense, I think of the offensive line, they put, they, they went the whole scrimmage. You know how long scrimmages can be, right? Yeah. 120 plays. Something like that. Those Something. guys, they went so long that the defensive guys started feeling bad for them. Like, you felt bad for those guys. Like, God, like what is he doing, <laughs> right? And one of my, one of my stories, uh, it's a personal story. When I, on my, my red shirt year, and I was trying to, you know, this is a year I was, I would really start playing. And I remember Tommy West making me go out with the third and fourth string. So the day of the scrimmage, the third and fourth string guys will scrimmage first. Then the second and first string guys will come out and they would scrimmage, you know, at the um, pretty much at the end of um, that scrimmage. So I remember that I had to go out with the third and fourth string guys. I was balling up. Had a, had a great scrimmage. Then Tommy West made me scrimmage with the first and second string guys. Dude, I was so tired, but I was really determined to play that year that the referee had to tell Coach West, like, you need to get number 44 off the field. He's, like, dead on his legs. Man, I was delirious. They finally brought me out the game. And I had to kind of lean against the, you know, the stadium, the the wall there, you know, in the stands. Mm-hmm. And they just drenched me with water, man. And all my teammates looking at me like, what in the heck just happened? But I scrimmaged basically all day long. 
with the third and fourth string, and then also with the first and second string. I was beat down, but I was the, determined that I was going to play that year. And I think it really kind of made the coaching staff realize that, you know, this guy, he wants to play. He's going to be a good player. And he, he's crazy for actually, because most guys have been like, that's it. I'm, I'm not doing it anymore. But I was just like, man, I, I'm going to keep going until they tell me that I can't go anymore. And that's basically what happened. And that's, that's a great story. Now, when you said earlier, you said Coach Ford would stop practice and would make you guys walk back to the locker room. Now, so people get perspective. Jervy, uh, the athletic, the practice fields where the football team plays, um, and they're still there now. It's still the same area where the complex mm-hmm. is and all that. But Jervy is where you guys dressed, the Jervy Athletic right. Center. That is a long walk that to go to football walk. practice. And he would make you guys, after practice in 20 periods, five-minute periods, walk all the way back up there. Did he give you a chance to sit down for two minutes, or did he make you just immediately turn around? It was basically, you had to immediately turn back around. And in those days, we could not walk on the field. Like, even if you coming out for practice, you had to jog. You can never walk on the field. So we had to kind of run back on the field. We just started over. And But I tell you, the focus was a lot better after that second practice. I mean. Y'all didn't want to do a third practice. Oh, yeah, man. Because back then, you know, <laughs> we were practicing two days in a row. We don't care. Yeah, and there was no there was no limitations back then. There was no twenty hour rule, so people can get an understanding. When Levon played, there was no twenty hour rule or anything like that. Right. It's the coaches had you, and they had you as long as they wanted you at the, in those days. And Coach Ford, and not just Coach Ford, a lot of legendary coaches back in the day, they were they would demand a lot out of their players more than the people realized. You know, and, yeah. and you're not the only one to tell that story that played on oh, yeah, Coach yeah. Ford. It happened to yeah, a lot yeah. of guys. Yeah, he'll he'll be he'll be in the towers, just overlooking practice. And if he didn't like something, he just kind of like let's just start over again. Yeah, he's like, wow, come on. <laughs> so <laughs> luckily, there was enough Gatorade and uh, purple Gatorade <laughs> and water. <laughs> it it wasn't quite like high school, so. I might have got drunk another day. That might have been one of the days I got drunk again on water and Gatorade. <laughs> well, yeah, had no choice. You, yeah, you needed those electrolytes because if you were out to that's, 100 that's degree when weather. guys are losing 20 pounds. <laughs> and that's, that's why when you were at Clemson, you were 190, right? That's why. <laughs> Could keep on weight. <laughs> because those practices, were, they were brutal. They really were. They were, uh, they were tough practices, no question about it. And that's why you guys had so much fun on game days and probably why you won so many games because yes. the game was just fun. It was like, man, this is this is a whole lot better. To yeah, because you don't have to do like seven-on-seven, seven, middle drill, nine-on-seven, one-on-ones. You don't have to do any of that. You just go out there and play the game. So I, I tell you what, we were always ready, man. We were always physically ready to play, no question about it. Those are those are some good stories, and I love the stories you said uh, that Coach Cower would, um, you know, let y'all go to the movie theater, sit in the air conditioning, and eat some popcorn, and that's That's uh, a beautiful thing, man. Because you're thinking you're going to practice, you know. Oh, I know. It it is it's one of those what we call the dog days of practice. Mm -hmm. You've already been maybe two weeks straight practicing, you know, back then twice a day a lot of the, a lot of times it was just brutal and it, you're he always seemed to time it when you just really you're really tired of practicing you're, you're like man we need a break and he'd be like all right we'll do our routine he'll bring us up he'll say uh let's go to the movies and i'm telling you there would be celebration all over the place you would see grown men crying and hugging each other. It it was uh, it was a lot of fun, it really was. <laughs> These grown men crying and hugging. I can see it now. These crying are the and biggest, hugging. thank you, Jesus. Biggest, strongest, most intimidating athletes in the world, and here right. they are crying and hugging because they're getting to go to a movie. I don't care if we were going to go see Mary Poppins. 
I couldn't wait to go see that movie. I'm telling you. Oh man, that's good stuff. Oh mm-hmm. man. Well, um, well, you know, they've been practicing and uh at Clemson now for for this is the second day. And um, but uh, you know, at Georgia, man, so yesterday we got to go to practice, Levon. Right. Talked to Coach Sweeney before practice started for about, you know, 45 minutes or so. And then we then we went to um practice and we got to watch the first four or five periods of practice, which is about, that was about 20, 25 minutes. Sometimes Coach Sweeney will give us an extra five minutes or so. It's generally about the first half hour of practice. And they went for over two hours um, there behind the, um, behind the Allen Reach football complex there in Clemson. And, um, you know, so it was great, man. It's just, it was great being out there. It's great. You know, there, there's still some protocols we had to follow. Like normally they allow us to go anywhere we want to on the fields, except on the fields, of course but we could go in between and stuff like that. Now they had designated areas where we have to stand because, you know, the team is still not totally vaccinated. Um, right. 85, it's just, just under 85%. Um, the ACC uh, limitation is 85%. So Clemson's just under it. They're going to try to get that over here and probably will here in the next few days, I would imagine. Um, but it was just nice though, to be out there, LeVon, watching practice and being around it and seeing the, the players and stuff like that, because, you know, uh, we really didn't get to do that at all last year. So um, at the end, we had a normal practice media interviews with the players, um, and that was cool to kind of be back doing that. Um, so I thought everybody was doing this. I thought all around the country, I thought everything's, you know, we're getting back to normal. Well, guess what? Had Georgia? That is not the case. Kirby, Kirby yeah. Smart made the decision, and I don't know why, and I'm sure the University of Georgia may have something to do with this as well, um, the administrators there, but Georgia media that cover the Bulldogs were not allowed to watch any practice um, they're, they're in it right now, and they are not allowed to interview the players in a normal way. They are doing it by Zoom again, just like we all had to do last year. And I don't know, man, LeVon, I mean – I hope this isn't a trend. I hope Georgia's just – they're the only ones that are going to do this because, man, I don't want to see this, man. I, when I saw that, I felt for the Georgia media guys. I'm like, man, this has got to suck. You know, that means if – could we go into the regular season and they treat it the same way and those guys have to sit up in the press box and we're all down in the locker room? Wow. Well, you, you hope that's not the case. Uh, and you don't know what's going on in somebody else's backyard a lot of times or – or whatever the situation may be. But I imagine for guys who cover the sports, they really like going to practice. I've I've never met reporters that were at practice that didn't enjoy practice. And it's a part of their job. Mm -hmm. And I'm sure it's a good way for them to get a great feel of what's going on as far as the football team is concerned. So to gone through where you could not be on the field. You had to do these Zoom interviews. And now you're thinking things are better. And to run into another wall and say like, oh, no, you guys can't come in. I'm sure that's got to be frustrating for the Georgia media. Got to be frustrating. Yeah, I mean, it does. And I haven't heard, you know, at North Carolina, they're making people wear masks, and that's fine. Um, Clemson and South Carolina, they're not. There's, you can do it if you want to, but they're leaving it to your own discretion. Um, you know, if, um, you know, you can come, come and do what you want and that, that's fine. And as long as you follow the rules that they've set and, you know, like I said, North Carolina and NC state, they're making them wear masks and okay. That, that sucks too, in a way, but Hey, look, that's better than not being there. Uh, I I'd do that. If Clemson said we had to do that, I'd do that in two seconds to be honest with you. Um, so man, I just can't imagine trying to do my job for a second straight year. And, you know, and like you said, it's difficult because as a reporter, a guy who's done this for a long time, it's, um, you know, getting that observation in practice, I don't care how long it is, but getting that 5, 10, 15, 20 minutes is big for us because we're able to see certain guys maybe we haven't seen yet, get what they look like. And now we're not going to get total things, but we can at least take what we're seeing and then what the coaches tell us when we talk to them and right. we get a better idea of what this player's doing, how he's progression and things of that nature. It's really hard when you just can only go by what the coach tells you. When you can't use your eyes to help with observations, right. it's it's really difficult to get that. And 
I, I just hate it for the Georgia media guys. Um, some of the guys that I know that are going to have to, you know, suck it up again this year and, and do it. And, and the thing that's probably going to be difficult for them is to see all of us, Clemson media and South Carolina yeah. media and North Carolina media and pretty much everybody having access, you know, and, and being able to go like coach Sweeney's allowing us to like, I think it's four or five practices we get to go watch and, you know, mm-hmm. we're getting to go do regular interviews and, you know, and that's big too, because as you know, when you do an interview and you talk to a person, there's several ways to do it. And it all depends on when I'm doing an, a story, it all depends on, you know, availability, right? So if a guy can, you know, he says, well, I can only do it by telephone call. That's fine. You know, you, you do your job and you try to figure it out. But if he says, Hey, yeah, I can meet you in person as a writer. I'd much rather meet a guy in person anytime because I get to feel him out. I get to look in his right. eyes. I get to read his body language. And so when he's telling exactly. me stories, I get a better feel for the story. And um, that's something they're going to miss again because Zoom, you really can't get that because we're just like, yeah, you're looking at the person, but you're not seeing their emotions or really their body language because, you know, you just basically, you know, the bust and that's it. Yeah, I imagine that could, that, that has to be hard for you guys. And I, I imagine that you do count on body language, how someone is really saying something. Mm-hmm. And to not be able to get that. So are they doing that for the rest of the camp or it's just for a couple of days or how they're doing that? It sounds like it's indefinite right now. So, um, so we, so it might be the whole camp. And and then that's why I said, does it carry into the season, you know, Mm -hmm. and this might have something to do and and I'm not going to listen, listen, I know this this is serious stuff at, at points and maybe this has something to do with the Georgia players not being vaccinated. Maybe there's a good amount that isn't, and they just don't want to take a chance mm-hmm. that somebody could come in there that's been around somebody that has COVID, even if that person's vaccinated, maybe not showing symptoms, and they give it to a person who hasn't been vaccinated. So I get it, but, you know, it's, it makes it difficult to do your job. But that's the only reason why I can think Georgia is doing this, because they must have very low numbers. Like I said, Clemson's right at the 85% limit um, that the ACC is asking for. Um, so Georgia must be below, below that if they're, if they're treating it this way. That's, that's, at least that's the way I view it. I don't know if that's true. That's just how I view it. That's curious to me that uh, a program of Georgia's caliber, their numbers wouldn't be better than that. Mm-hmm. Like, why aren't there guys not getting vaccinated? I mean, this just seemed really curious. This seems like... You're to me why anybody's not getting vaccinated. <laughs> huh? I said that goes to me why I don't understand why nobody's getting vaccinated. That's just my opinion. But I, I, yeah, we, we share the same opinion, man. Yeah. I, I mean if some people would try to tell you and they would try to they would try to give you the reasons why, but it's like when you're studying for a when you're writing a paper and you're looking on the internet, you just can't just take anybody's dot <laughs> com. And mm-hmm. think that is is valid or is you know real study. So you have a lot of people that are not in the medical field. They're just like regular people like me and you, and they're like, "I'm not getting vaccinated for this reason." You're like, "Why? What? Like, go exactly. get vaccinated, man!" Like, but it's kind of curious to me that a football team of, of Georgia's caliber that the more guys are not vaccinated. Yeah, to know what's at stake. And, and, and that's kind of yeah. like what, why it's important to be vaccinated. It doesn't mean you can't get COVID. We know that as people who are vaccinated. Yeah, I can get it. You could get it. Yeah. But if you're a player, why not get the vaccine? Because it, it takes away the chances of you getting mm-hmm. it. And if you do get it, it puts you in a situation where you're not going to be hospitalized. You're, you're not going to have as many. The, the symptoms are not going to be as bad to you. And you can probably be back with your team within a week or less than a week. And so you're not going to really affect your team. But then the second part of that is if you don't have it, you could really hurt your football team. You could cost your team a game or so. Ask North Carolina State baseball team. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Um, That's a good point that you bring up. I I think it's more about the big picture than just maybe you individually. Mm-hmm. You got to think about the whole team and how it does affect the whole team. And 
You're right. I mean, Georgia is, you know, they're in the running for the national championship. You don't want to play around with that. Uh-uh. And I, I think you need to emphasize to your players that, you know, this is this is a chance for our program to be in history. You know, this is a chance for us to win the big one. And this COVID thing is just another thing that you have to deal with. You know, nobody wants to deal with it, but you have to deal with it. You have to deal with it. So, you got to be responsible, like so, all of us. Yeah, like, be responsible you, and deal with it. Yeah, people ask me, like, why did you get why did you get the vaccine? I said, well, you want the simple answer? And are you, yeah, I said, because I, I need to have it for my job. Now, my right. boss does not require me to do it. He's no, but if I want to do my job in an efficient way, I need to be vaccinated because there's going to be certain rules that are going to go to certain games I got to go cover and go into different mm-hmm. venues. They're probably going to require me to be vaccinated for me right. to go well, cover the game. And so, like, you know, I'm not going to risk my ability to do my job because I I decided I didn't get vaccinated because to me, that's just like, that's just not smart. I'm not, I'm hurting not only myself, but I'm hurting my employer and all that stuff. So that's my opinion. That's the reason why I did it. Now, whatever reason people don't want to get it or they do want to get it, that's their personal reason. And I'm not going to argue that, but like you just said, if you know, it's going to affect, it's bigger than you and it can affect more than one person, then you really need to think about it, you know, and, and, and the, ram- the ramifications that come off of your decision not to do it. I, I've lost, and you, you, you know Timmy Lester, that was basically what people call the bus driver with Jerome Bettis. We lost him this year I know. because of COVID. I mean, he was, it was like one day, he was alive, and then, like, you know, the next three days, he was gone. Yeah, it didn't take long at all. So this yeah. COVID thing is no joke. And I know sometimes people kind of get in the conspiracy theory thing, but I think this is something that you don't you don't play with it. And like you said, you stated earlier, yeah, can you still get it? Yes, you still can get it. But I, I just think it's smart if you just kind of play the odds, you know? Mm-hmm and understand the science that goes behind it. I, I think it's foolish when people are kind of playing this way, but again, you can't tell people what to do and what not to do. So that's that. But I would think in like a college football team, you kind of tell these guys what to do. I mean, sorry, you just like, yo, get everybody getting their vaccine. I don't care who you are. Yeah. You need to get it or you know what? we have the right that we shouldn't play you, <laughs> you know, like yeah. maybe they don't have the right, but <laughs> you would think like, <laughs> you would think like, dude, like just go get it, you know, but. I mean, I'm surprised. Not, so. Here's the thing about it. Okay. So like, if you get, I got the Pfizer, I don't know which one you got. I got the Pfizer. I got the Pfizer too. Yeah. So, you know, with the Pfizer, we had to take, get the shot the first time, wait two weeks. Yep. And then go get it again. And then exactly. it wasn't 10 days until after that before we were fully vaccinated, right? Right. All right. So you put do the math. That's well, let's see, that's 14 plus 10. That's 24 days. So mm-hmm. if you're a Clemson player or a Georgia player and you haven't got vaccinated and that game's coming up, you need to do it now. And you might barely make it to when that game starts that you're fully vaccinated. You see what I'm saying? You might barely make it. Um, because you know, that's what makes no sense to me. It's like, why didn't you got what were you doing during the spring and summer that you couldn't go get vaccinated? You had eight months, dude, to get vaccinated. Being a young man, (laughs) that's what young men do. Yeah, I know, I know. We talked about this yesterday. You think you're invincible, like, nah, I don't need to do it. But if you're like Clemson, right. 85% 85% of the team, and that's good. Those are good numbers. 85% of the team's vaccinated. That's great numbers, right? But you had two players. Yeah, it should be higher. You had two players yeah. on your team, right? Two players on your team, Justin Foster and Xavier Thomas, two starters, two All-American caliber defensive ends, and that thing about wiped those boys out. Mm-hmm. It about wiped them out. Right. I mean, Justin Foster even – retired for a little bit from football saying he didn't know if he wanted to come back. Mm-hmm. That's how serious this is that, that COVID knocked those two young men down like it did. 
and it really right. affected them. And it took them almost a year to get over it. If I see that and my teammates were affected by it, I'm like, where do I line up to get the shot? Where, where do I need to go? What CVS? What Walgreens? <laughs> where, where can I go get this thing done at? I, I still don't understand it in a lot of ways. But like we said, we can't. You won't. <laughs> you wish you could force people to get it, drag them there. But, you know, some people think that, hey, you know, I'll be fine. I'll be okay. I don't need to get it, which is uh, disturbing. It is. It is. Well, hopefully it's not too disturbing where it will affect the Clemson-Georgia game. Hopefully everybody that will get to play and, and be in that game, it'll be the kind of game we hope it is. And hopefully there's no COVID protocols for the fans or the media. I really don't think there's going to be for the fans since it's an outdoor venue. Um, right. But um, but you never know. So let's just hope everything stays normal and that we that they're able to play these games this season without any hiccups or anything like that. So – Anyway, but, man, that's going to do it for me and you today, LeVon. It's been great. been a great first week. Man, today flew by, did it not? It, it flew by. It <laughs> flew by. But that's because we have a passion about Clemson football, football in general, but definitely Clemson football. Mm-hmm. And we can talk it all day. So yeah. that's, that's, the, that's the deal. It's a, it's a great thing, and – and it's a great thing. I don't see the problem with it, but yeah, man, it did fly by. It really it, did. It did. It flew by. It was great though, man. And we appreciate you guys uh, joining us today and, and listening and please continue to download us um, each day. We'll be here Tuesday through Saturday. Um, and uh, so download us, leave comments, tell us what you think. Also, you can shoot me on Twitter at Steeler Will. You can shoot Levon um, at Levon Kirkland on Twitter and, you know, find us there. Send us messages. Tell us what you think. We appreciate it. Um, we definitely uh, enjoy the feedback. So please do that. And we'll see you guys on Tuesday um, for Levon Kirkland. I'm Will Vandervoort for Leaving Clemson Football. We'll see you next week. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.